0: This is Ham College, Episode 11 for November 30th, 2015. This episode of Ham College is brought to you by ICOM, helping you make those long holiday travels more fun. And by hamstudy.org, a great place to study for your amateur license exam. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm George. I'm Tom. And it's good to be back. It's uh, the end of November here in Mississippi. It is. Uh, This is episode number 11, so we've almost got a full year's worth going now.
1: Actually, this is a full year's worth.
0: Well, if you count the pilot, but it was done last year.
1: You didn't say what year, when we started.
0: (laughs) No, and you know, we're going to have to have... um, The homecoming episode here soon.
1: Yeah. What kind of college is it without a homecoming?
0: Yeah, and uh, what's the mascot? You know, we haven't even discussed these important topics yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to... uh, Maybe we need to solicit the audience about that.
0: The weather dog. The weather dog. There
1: you go. Yeah. There you go. That's it.
0: (laughs) Well, you might notice these... Oh, I don't know what... I want to use the word gorgeous, but now that, that we're wearing them. Fantastic. Shirts here that we're wearing. Yeah,
1: they're so awesome.
0: They are. These are courtesy of our good friend who's over there in the chat room right now, Mike, V-E-3-M-I-C. Uh, Mike's got, well, he and his wife made these especially for us.
1: Yeah, it's much appreciated, Mike. They're, they're so awesome, man.
0: They're kind of modeled after... The shirt that, um, well, Bluto, John Belushi and Animal House wore. It's just got ham added to the top of it, which is perfect. Mike sent a letter with it. He said, to the deans of Ham College, please find enclosed exclusive limited edition, unofficial Ham College jerseys. <laughs> uh, this garment offers additional protection against the elements. Should you find yourself having to spend the night sleeping in your vehicle or on a park bench, which could happen. <laughs> it could happen. You'll still look stylish the next morning in your genuine imitation of Ham College jerseys. Congrats on the upcoming first anniversary. Well, thanks, Mike and um, Mrs. Mike.
1: <laughs> Mrs. Mike. Yeah. yeah.
0: Y'all yeah. did an excellent job on these.
1: Yeah, they're awesome. We really appreciate that.
0: We hope that uh, maybe we'll, now, now that we've got a pattern here, that maybe we can get some on the yeah. Spreadshirt. Shop yeah, hopefully out. we'll have
1: them on Spreadshirt here in the next week or two. Yeah, They're some very similar. Yeah, know,
0: but they these very are similar. these are really. Oh man, okay. I, they iron these on, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, let me show you the back. Oh yeah.
0: <coughs> can Can in, you see it? In case. Yeah. In case you forget your call sign. I'm yeah. not sure it helps because I don't. I can't see behind All you gotta me. you got to do is find a mirror. And then it's backwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. They are. I really appreciate y'all doing that. I know it was a lot of work. Oh yeah. This was the prototype. What did you say? After I got expelled from Faber, these guys helped me get the skills I need to pass my exam. Thanks, Ham College.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a classic picture there too. I mean, you know, I I would have thought it was Belushi himself. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime we're doing an episode of Ham College, we're going to have a chat room going at the same time when we're streaming live. And you can reach that amateurlogic.tv slash chat. If you're in the chat on YouTube right now, there's probably not much of anybody there. So come on over to this address right here and uh, join in the fun. There's a crowd in there right now, and they're uh, uh, doing their best to heckle and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why don't we talk about what we did in the last episode? We had uh, a discussion on there. We had a history lesson. Do you remember who it was on? We did. It was on... uh, You don't remember who it was. There he is right there.
1: Yeah, that's him, all right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joseph Henry.
1: Joseph Henry. Oh, that's right. Man, you know, we've done so many of those things. It's so hard to keep up.
0: Yeah, he did some specific stuff with inductors because there was someone else working on it at the same time, I think, in France.
1: Yeah, he was, uh, but I think he uh, kind of discovered it about the same time, but he mm-hmm. was slow on publishing his
0: findings. And we talked about inductors. We did. And there's a, a few small ones right there. Yeah. So tonight, we don't have a history lesson, as we said. What are we going to talk about
1: we're going to talk about since since the audience is uh, or this show is geared at new hams or people becoming hams. We're going to talk about uh, considerations for your first radio.
0: Yeah, so. that's a good
1: yeah. and we kind topic. of discuss the the routes we chose. He 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 chose a different path for his first radio mm-hmm. than than I did, and uh, for good reasons. And we both had reasons, and uh, we will kind of weigh those out. Hopefully, it'll help you decide what you need.
0: Yeah. So first off. Well, there's a lot of different kind of radios out there, isn't it, Tommy? There are.
1: There are. Uh, let's bring up
0: a page and show some of them. These are all uh, dual-band rigs, look like.
1: Yeah, which, which is, is what we would
0: recommend for your first yeah, radio. That's that's kind of what we want to talk about. You know, um, most people, when they get into ham radio start out with a technician license. I mean, that's the first step. Some people will, you know, double test or maybe even triple test mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, go on all the way to general extra, but that's kind of rare. Most everybody becomes a technician first, and there's a lot of fun to be had there.
1: It is. There's, uh, we we kind of discussed some of the modes that, uh, that you can use for the different bands that are available for technicians and technicians. Um, 2 meters, 70 centimeters, most of the VHF and UHF, mm-hmm. uh, actually anything above 50 megahertz, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, you, you've got pretty much blanket coverage for that for in the hand portions of the bands, and uh, then you've got some small slices you know, down on some of the HF bands as well. Yeah.
0: But your, your HF band slices are so small um, that most of your time as a technician is going to be spent on VHF and mm-hmm. UHF. I mean, that's just... The way it is, you got a lot of frequencies you can use there. Um, The the radios are not super expensive, and I don't remember how long we were technicians, but it was—it was a long time. It was a long time, over a decade.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And 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 I'd be honest with you, I'm an extra now, and I I probably talk on VHF or two meters more than anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's a different type of thing on VHF and UHF. Most of the time, you're going to be talking locally, uh, either direct to someone within line of sight, or you'll be using a repeater and repeating your signal back down in, in your area. Or you can uh, connect to an Echo Link or D Star station, mm-hmm. IRLP, yeah. All Star, one of those, and, and get wider coverage. But when you and I started, it was, at that point, it was strictly, you're going to talk simplex, line of sight, or you're going to use a to repeater. repeater. And, um, you know, there, there weren't these uh, digital, uh, I guess, what, what do they call those, IP hot. type of... Um,
1: the little hotspots?
0: Well, not that, but like Echolink and D-Star and all. Um, I'm I'm missing the word I'm looking for
1: yeah well it uh there weren't hybrid hybrid systems I and mean, that's probably not the word you're looking for but no it's not but, uh, echo link really didn't exist back when we were licensed where you could talk over the air and have something pick it up and trunk it through the internet and come out in another part of the country or the world yeah um so but you've, you've got all that wide open to you nowadays you do that and you can do similar with d star and some of the other digital modes so.
0: but you know we're we're wanting to get into radio when we're getting started. So VHF and UHF—that's that's where you're going to go, and you're going to want a radio to to get started there. Some people want to just jump in and go straight to HF, and that's okay, but uh, you're missing a big part of the hobby if you miss uh, you know VHF oh, yeah. and UHF. And
1: like George said, the majority of you are going to start off as technician, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where the the majority of your privileges are. So I think we've. Uh, both of us would recommend you get a, a dual-bander, UHF yeah. and VHF.
0: So let's, let's talk about that a minute. There's VHF, that that requires one type of radio, works in a certain frequency band. UHF, that's a, a higher band of frequencies there. Yeah. So one radio can't... Well...
1: am sure it can. It,
0: is it one radio or is it two? It's in one chassis. It is in one chassis.
1: But it's essentially... It's essentially, it's two radios and one chassis, I think.
0: So, talking about choices for your first radio, then, there's there's a few different choices out there. As we look at your picture there, there's some handy talkies. Uh, there's some mobile rigs. There's some that, uh, it, there's not many base rigs for um, for VHF and UHF these days. I think there may be a few left, but in most cases, um, you would use a mobile rig with a power supply at home Mm -hmm. as a base rig. So, it looks to me there like your main choices are going to be a handy talkie, or it's going to be a mobile rig, which Mm -hmm. could also be a base rig. And you could even use a handy talkie as a a base rig by connecting an antenna. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. So, which is what? What should you get first? What should that first radio be, Tom? I
1: think that I think it depends on on your style, what or you know, on yourself. My my first radio well, that probably didn't sound very good. I think I just bumped the microphone. But my first radio was a handy talkie, dual band mm-hmm. handy talkie. But I'm I'm not. I don't sit at home at the computer a lot, so it's good. It's good for me. And I still talk on my handy talkie more than anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, So my first one was a handy talkie, but but yours wasn't.
0: No, my first one was a, um, a VHF mobile rig. Uh, the reason I got that is you, you, uh, our friend Jim. You remember our friend Jim?
1: I remember our friend Jim. We saw him about a month ago.
0: On Amateur Logic. Uh, Jim lived about 70 miles or so from here, and he and I got licensed at the same time, and we were wanting to talk with each other. Well, the, the chances of us picking up one of these and talking direct for 70 miles is not very good. Not direct. So we we needed something with a little more power than that. So we both bought 50-watt VHF rigs, mobile rigs, and we bought power supplies, and uh, we bought directional antennas, and put them up, and we were able to talk. Uh, not exactly every day because that was pushing a little bit, but most most of the mm-hmm. time we could talk. Um, but there was a mistake in that. People had told us you need to get a dual-band rig. Don't, don't just buy a two-meter rig. Buy a dual-band rig that does uh, two meters and 440. And the reason for that is you're going to, you might want to do something like cross-band repeat, or there might be both VHF and UHF rigs or repeaters in your area. Right. Within, I'd say, two or three months, I was selling my two-meter uh, mobile and buying a dual-band mobile. hmm And because I got a handy talkie as well, not this one right here. Handy talkies were much bigger than this. Oh, yeah. Back when I got licensed. Yeah, it's like a brick. Yeah. But... Uh, I could take my handy talkie then, talk to it. It would talk to my radio there at the house. Mm-hmm. which So I would talk to it on UHF. And then it would rebroadcast my transmissions back on VHF mm-hmm. over the big antenna where Jim could hear it. And then he could talk back to me over VHF and my, uh, my mobile rig. Or it would be a base rig then because it was in the house. Yeah. That would rebroadcast back to me on uh, UHF. And broadcast is not the right word. is retransmit. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so it took two bands to pull that off. And I still do a lot of cross-banding today. That's that's what yeah. call you call
1: it. And you weren't confined to that armchair or that chair right. that we were discussing a few minutes
0: ago. I, I could take my handy talking. You know, I could walk all around the house there or the property or, you know, even go up the road a piece and uh, mm-hmm. still get back to it. So, for me, my first rig was a uh, was a mobile rig. It's because I could use it to have 50 watts there at home for a base station, and I could take it and put it in my vehicle when I wanted to and have 50 watts there, you know, a decent mobile signal. Uh, you used one of these for everything.
1: I did. I used it at the house. I had a... A speaker mic that i plugged into it and i had a, an antenna I actually lived in an apartment at the time mm-hmm. but i had snuck an antenna i ran coax up the chimney and jumped on the roof at night and put an antenna on the back side just a homemade quarter wave yeah and uh, that's what i used for a long time luckily i was on a hill so i actually had decent coverage with it
0: you did where it was you really had good coverage when, when you were at the base. Now, when you were mobile with the thing.
1: Yeah. Now that's another story, and I'd like to change the subject. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It didn't work
1: so hot as no, a. It as did a not mobile. work well as a mobile, uh, okay. even even with the external antenna. And rubber duck mobile, which uh, that's the rubber duck. Yeah. Um, that's pretty that's well un- unusable. Yeah. Un- unless you're within a, a block or two of who you're trying to talk to, I just don't recommend that at all.
0: Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work so good. You can buy an adapter, though, and you know, screw in there and then hook a mobile antenna or a base antenna or whatever you want on one of yeah. these. But
1: but it is a it is a perfectly viable option to run mobile like that if you've got an antenna and a microphone on it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you don't have a lot of space or, you know. Yeah, I did.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, mean, I
1: did it a good while. So that, that's a perfectly viable option. Yeah. But you're going to be really limited on your power.
0: Yeah. I actually bought a linear amplifier to go with my first handy talkie and i put that 50 watt linear in the in my truck and then i had a a cable i could just plug into the top of the handy talkie there on the antenna and it would give me up to 50 watts so i was as strong as any other mobile then Mm -hmm. the one drawback though that you still got using a handy talkie for a mobile is the receivers in these were built with using a rubber ducky mm-hmm. in mind, so that means some of the filtering and such is not going to be as good on these radios as it yeah. would on something made to go with an external No, turn no I will,
1: Some of the newer ones I think are better, but it's still not going to be like a right, like a a, a regular mobile rig that's made for it. That that's yeah. a, that could be a problem in some areas. That
0: well, and it, it would most be a problem with mods where there's. Uh, a lot of radio signals in your area mixing together and creating mm-hmm. harmonics on different frequencies. These these things right here, just they can't reject that as good as as a, a larger rig that was intended to. But still, that doesn't mean you shouldn't use it. I mean, it, it's still going to be usable, and mm-hmm. you just might have some areas where you've got extra right. interference. So I, I still, I don't know. I still kind of lean toward. Uh, a mobile dual band rig should be your first rig, and
1: yeah. yeah. And honestly, in hindsight, I would probably would have been better off to to do that with the dual band, and then got a handy talkie later. But um, I'm 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 still pretty happy with the choice that I have made.
0: You know, I think most people still say that a um, a handheld is is your best choice. Yeah,
1: it's I mean it's so versatile.
0: Yeah, I haven't been watching the chat room over there to see what they are. Uh, which way they're they're leaning on it. You know, there's, talking about the Handy Talkies here, there's a lot of different choices out there. This one is probably uh, the best Handy Talkie on the market today.
1: In my opinion, it is.
0: This is the Icom uh, ID51A or this is the A-plus model here. This is the 50th Anniversary Edition, so it's got the blue. But The ones that they sell now are you know, that, that's black on it. Yeah, same like radio. Uh it's got D Star, GPS, and everything else in it. And these if you're looking for a good high performance handy talkie that'll do everything and it's rugged. That this is as good as you can oh, yeah, do. Yeah, that's
1: something you can kinda kinda grow into a little bit too. So yeah, I wouldn't D-Star necessarily
0: start out with with one like this because it's it's more expensive. And it's got more stuff on it than you're probably going to use to begin with. You know, there's a lot of other choices. This is not the only one that ICOM makes, or, or you know, there's a number of manufacturers out there. We've got uh, a couple of cheap choices here. These, this is one I picked up at a hamfest years ago, and I think you've got.
1: Yeah, I've got one uh, similar.
0: A hamfest special. You know, this works. Yeah, uh, there are people who use these. Um, I'm not near as happy. No, with the one that I have is yeah, before. that's with the yours. Chinese one you've got there, and you you say you don't.
1: I I probably get hate mail for this, but yeah, it's it's dirt cheap, and you kind of get what you pay for with it. I'm not. I don't. I don't like it. I personally, I wouldn't recommend it. Now, mm. I know a lot of people buy them because because they're really inexpensive, and honestly, the only reason that I got mine is because when I had my boat. I didn't want to drop my uh, my one like this into the water and have it sink to the bottom. So this one yeah. fell over into the water. I really wasn't out of anything. Yeah, but it's it's hard to program um, right out of the box. They'll transmit out of band, so mm. you can get yourself into trouble with that. And I, I don't recommend it partly for that reason. And it, you pretty much need a cable to program it. To, it's it's a kind of a pain.
0: Yeah. So these. They do work if if you're just talking about I'm going to talk and I'm going to listen, this will do it. If I want to change frequencies real quick, when I go to a different area or anything like that, you know, forget it. Yeah, you're a, going to need a computer a pretty much to do that with. So uh, they're cheap, they do work, and some people like them, uh, but they're not going to give you the performance that, you know, Something yeah. by one of the the larger Japanese manufacturers will give you right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, again, like I said, you kind of get what you pay for with that yep. stuff. But But uh, Icom, Icom, some of the other ones uh, have some pretty good, uh,
0: you know, just standard. Uh, oh yeah, not dual banders. Yeah, this is just this is their top of the line. But they've got uh, two meters, dual binders. Uh, and mean, I'm
1: going to take a little bit of a different stance because I think I would recommend that for your, for your it, it's nothing wrong with it for your first radio oh, because no. the, the price they actually were over the price on these a while back and uh, it's a little more expensive than the others and if you want to go out on the limb and get something you could grow into it it makes a, a good first radio well
0: yeah it's just it's a little bit expensive but it does everything that you could possibly want to do pretty pretty much yeah. in a handy talking yeah um, they've gone come a long ways my first one the radio and the battery together sit about this tall. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a an ICOM IC24AT, I think.
1: Yeah. The ba- oh, yeah, the battery was way bigger than the radio.
0: Yeah. Here. Now, with these lithium-ion batteries, the handy talkies have shrunk considerably. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's a little discussion on the first radios there. Um it's really going to be a personal choice. It's going to be a personal thing. Uh, but your thing. lifestyle.
1: Yeah. The handy talky thing works for me. Uh, I use a radio just like this today, you know, mm-hmm. primarily. I's, I talk on it more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is something you're going to have to weigh out.
0: Yeah, most of my talking to these days is done when I'm mobile, uh, you know, driving around at work. And, um so a mobile rig works best for that. And then the rest of my talking is generally on the base station here, which I've got a mobile rig. Yeah, and you want to show for your, that.
1: Uh, your mobile rig?
0: Yeah, now this this is uh, this is not a dual-band rig here. This, Tommy, is the uh, best second. mobile transceiver no, known the, to it's man. It's the
1: second best.
0: <laughs> this is the ICOM IC7000. They don't. They don't make it anymore it was replaced by the ic7100
1: yeah that's which is the one i have yeah which is the best one
0: but these have everything they uh all modes don't have d star in it yours yours does 7100 does does. but it's got hf vhf and uhf so you can operate on all the bands with all the modes like Mm sideband am fm it's a good choice if, it's, yeah,
1: it's it's not bad for a first type radio. The, uh, one of these all mode, all band radios. They're more expensive. It's it's a lot it's a lot more expensive. But yep. uh, you know, if you want to listen around on HF before mm-hmm. you talk, you know that's that'll give you the ability to do that. Plus, you've got uh, two meters, seventy centimeters, and six meters, which um, you've got you know pretty much uh, all privileges on all yep. of that. And uh,
0: uh, an all band rig. It does HF, VHF, and UHF together is going to cost a fair amount more mm-hmm. than than just a dual bander rig, and a top of the line Handy Talkie is going to cost more than than a less expensive model. I wouldn't necessarily uh, save up my money till I could buy a really expensive radio as my first radio. You know, I want to I want to get in and start talking.
1: Yeah, yeah, get on the air. So, you know, weigh out your finances. Get what you can afford. Get the mm-hmm. best one you can afford. And and go from there and the main thing is to get your ticket, get on the air. And then and, believe me, it won't be your last radio. No. It will not be your last radio. I can tell you, from looking around in this office in here and looking around at my place, it's it's gonna be far from your last radio. Yeah,
0: you'll you'll end up with more than one. No doubt. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good choices out there. Um and you you might buy something used.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah that's actually, that's a that's a good uh a good way to get in relatively inexpensive yeah but uh, be sure if you go to the hamfest route you know most people are pretty straight up but be sure you take it to the test table and, and test things out if you're gonna go buy use one at the hamfest
0: and yeah, know that yeah. that's going to kind of be limited too. i mean if you're buying a uh a, a dual band rig, you take it there to the test bench you know they've got a power supply dummy load watt meter and all. And they test it out, and it looks good. Then you're probably okay. Um, I've bought three different HF rigs from from Hamfest before, Mm -hmm. and we hooked them up there, and you know tested it out. Looked like they were working good, but all three of them did have something wrong with them. I ended up having to
1: oh, all three. I I didn't. I knew two of them did.
0: Yeah, all three did. I had to do something to all three of them. But, uh, you know, they weren't real late-model rigs. You know, they were maybe, you know, 15 years or more old. Yeah,
1: but so, I bet you they said that they were
0: they worked great. Oh, yeah. The, the tag says uh, it, everything works or works okay or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So uh, there's a lot to test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can probably test a dual-band rig easy enough at a ham fest and probably get a good idea of how it's going to work. On an HF rig, it may light up, and you may hear a sound, and it may transmit. But that don't mean it's going to transmit on every band. and that.
1: Yeah, it's you know, a lot more complicated uh, yeah,
0: to test. A lot more complicated. It, it could be okay, though. I mean, that, that goes both ways. Um, just know what you're getting. If, you, uh, if you've if you got a friend who's a ham, uh, ask them for a little guidance. Uh, they may even know of a particular radio. That would be a good deal for you. That's, uh, the condition is known, so... You know, a lot of options there, but uh, sooner or later you're gonna you're gonna want to pick your first radio. So th- this is just a few pointers, maybe to to get you thinking about it.
1: Yeah. So in in summation, I think the I would my recommendation would be get the best one that you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shop around on the brands. Of course, iCom helps sponsor the show, so I mean, and we we like iCom as well. Mm-hmm. So you know. But uh, there are a lot of good brands, a lot of good radios out there. So shop around and get what uh, suits your needs and what mm-hmm. you can afford.
0: And and one of the major Japanese manufacturers, uh, Icom, Kenwood, uh, Yezu, and I guess even a Linco or pretty good quality radios. I mean, all of, it's going to be hard to go wrong with with any one of those. When you start getting into the Chinese radios. Um, it, it might work. It, it it might have problems, you know. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be harder to operate. It's cheaper, but you're gonna you're gonna pay sweat equity. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get what you uh, pay for. Yeah. They
1: so said, I think. Let's get into some questions.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's get a message first from ICOM, and we can clear off the table and kind of get regrouped here, and then okay. uh, we'll run with it. Over the hills and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. For those long holiday trips, let your ICOM radio help you enjoy your travels. Take ICOM's IC7100 D-Star radio with you this season. This radio offers an angled control head and touchscreen for easy mobile operation, a large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Interested in easy hands free operation while you hit the road? ICOM's analog IC2730A mobile and the digital ID5100A both feature optional Bluetooth capability, a large backlit screen for high contrast viewing, and 50 watts output power on both VHF and UHF. For entry level D Star operation, check out the ID880H. Features include VHF UHF dual band functionality, one band at a time good menu structure and easy programming, and fast multiple scanning for maximum reception. Looking for compact, rugged, and user-friendly radio on 2 meters? The IC2300H has a large, bright alphanumeric display with three backlight options, oversized tuning dial for easy operation while on-road, and 65 watts of stable output power. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM's mobile radio selection. Why don't we give away a a account? Send an email to this address right here, hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Uh Tell us who you are, and we might possibly draw your name. Well, we're fixing to draw one of those names right now. Stephen Kangas, KG7WXT. He's in Utah. So congratulations, Stephen. We're going to send you out this nice ICOM cap and t-shirt that'll be coming to you shortly here send your emails in maybe you'll win next month yeah so what, where soon. do they
1: need to send the emails
0: right there right there All right right here
1: ham college at amateurlogic.tv
0: yep and uh, get yourself in the drawing there you go well let's get on into our question pool for this month and first question here who's going to take this one tommy you want to take it or? i'll take it okay <clears throat>
1: What should you do if another operator reports that your station's two-meter signals were strong just a moment ago, but now they're weak or distorted? A, change the batteries in your radio to a different type.
0: B, turn on the CTCSS tone.
1: C, ask the other operator to adjust his squelch control.
0: Or D, try moving a few feet or changing the direction of your antenna if possible, as reflections may be causing multipath distortion. And this is uh mine to answer here, so if I were strong a few moments ago and um but now I'm weak and distorted, change the batteries in your radio to a different type hmm you know that would almost make you think it's it, but a different type of battery, yeah maybe
1: no. maybe if you had dead batteries, but yeah. a different type, no,
0: nope. Uh, so I don't think that's it uh b turn on the c. t. c. s. s tone nah that that's not gonna change whether you're weak or distorted c ask the other operator to adjust his squelch control well um, the squelch wouldn't make it weak or distorted i mean if he had it too high, he just wouldn't hear you at all oh, yeah so I'm gonna say it's d because I know this is it. Try moving a few feet or changing the direction of your antenna. It's possible as reflections may be causing multipath distortion. And what that is here, let's let's demonstrate that. Here, you you take.
1: You don't make me take use this one. one. Of those.
0: Well, I'm not <laughs> going to use it. <laughs> so if I'm trying to talk to Tommy here, he will, you know, be getting some signal straight from my antenna to his antenna. But also, there's going to be some that's going to bounce off the table down here, coming off of this rig. It's, you know, it's going to be going in every which direction. So he could get a direct signal, plus might get something reflected from somewhere else. So he's got. Yeah, so, so what happens if there's a something? If there's something blocking it, yeah. Now I don't think a t-shirt is a t-shirt known is not. For, just as yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's somebody's travel trailer. Or
0: but multipath means that. My signal is being received from multiple different paths at his radio, and those join together and combine at different phases, different times from each other, and can cause distortion or signal fading, Mm -hmm. you know, weak signals, one thing or another. Sometimes just moving a little bit makes all the difference in the world. It does. And
1: talking about uh, handy talkie for your first radio that's a bit of a problem if you're using this in the house yeah and you got a repeater that's marginal you can sit your radio down right here and it'll be full scale full quieting and you can move it right there and pretty much lose it altogether. Yeah. all together so so
0: you'd of... you'd agree with me then it's d try moving a few uh, feet oh absolutely yep that'll do it that'll do it every time well next question and I guess I'll read this one. What term is commonly used to describe the rapid fluttering sound sometimes heard from mobile stations as they are moving while transmitting? A, flip-flopping. B, picket fencing. C, frequency shifting. D, pulsing. All right. That's it's my think. turn. So,
1: A, flip-flopping. I, I don't, That. that's not going to be it. I don't even know what flip-flopping would refer to here. But I don't think that's it and uh picket fencing that's possible frequency shifting that's that's not going to cause a fluttering sound uh, if you got a frequency shift, you're just going to drift off,
0: yeah, and you mobile stations aren't known for right you know driving doesn't shift the frequency
1: Or um, pulsing that sounds that that's that sounds plausible, but I think the answer is going to be b picket fencing.
0: Well, that's what everybody's saying over in the chat room there, Tommy. right, so you've got a better than the normal chance of being correct on this one, and you are correct, pick it fixing right.
1: so so I guess what happens is as you're traveling and there are trees in the way or whatever, mm-hmm. some of that signal's getting. Uh, attenuate, not attenuated. Trunk. Yeah. I'm not sure. What
0: attenuated. Th-
1: okay, so attenuated as you're traveling, and and not all of it's getting to to the destination. That
0: and and part of the same thing we talked about a moment ago. Multipath. You're getting signals into your antenna from from different uh, directions. Uh, all the same signal, but you know the one that timing. Yeah, the one that gets straight to you is going to be a different time than the one that bounced mm-hmm. off that building and came right. back to you. So. Uh, picket fencing, and you, you know that—that's a pretty good term. You can, you know, what a picket fence is. Mm-hmm. So you can just think of it. I mean, that's kind of the way it—it it sounds. Right. Okay. Next question here.
1: Which of the following applies when two stations transmitting on the same frequency interfere with each other? A. Common courtesy should prevail, but no one has absolute right to an amateur frequency.
0: B, whoever has the strongest signal has priority on the frequency. C,
1: whoever has been on the frequency the longest has priority on the frequency.
0: Or D, the station which has the weakest signal has priority on the frequency. Common courtesy should prevail, but no one has absolute right to an amateur frequency. That's going to be your answer right there Mm -hmm. is A, and that's what everybody in the chat chat room room says. says. But, you know... Um, B, whoever has the strongest signal has priority on the frequency. No, they don't have priority on the frequency. They may take over the frequency because they got the strongest signal, but that's not really um, a courteous thing to do. No,
1: that's not how you want to act.
0: No. C, whoever has been on the frequency the longest has priority on the frequency. Uh, D, the station which has the weakest signal has priority on the frequency. No, that's, that's not the case. So it's a common courtesy should prevail. That's that's the answer. Uh, it may not always prevail, but uh, that's what it should be. But ultimately, no one has absolute rights to an amateur frequency. You
1: know, absolutely. You
0: can't just take a claim and say this is my frequency. Y'all go away. I mean, that's it happens, but that's that's not what the FCC intended. So. Right. Uh, next question here: Which Q signal indicates? that you're receiving interference from other stations, A, QRM, B, QRN, C, QTH, and D, QSB.
1: And this one's mine, yep. and I believe that's going to be A,
0: QRM. You think so? I think so. Well, that's what they're saying over in the chat room. I'm going to agree with you. And it the only, is a And the only QRM. reason
1: I know is because there, there's no way that I know to reason these out. You just uh,
0: These are just some of the ones that you're going to have to know. Well, uh, I'll uh, make a comment on that. QRM, the M means for man-made interference. Okay. All right. QRN is for natural interference. That would be like uh, lightning. Lightning. Lightning static, something like that. Or uh, noise from the sun. Or, yeah, you know, but that, that doesn't explain
1: uh, QSB and QTH. So
0: now QTH is uh, your home or, or yeah. your your location. QSB. What's QSB? I have no idea. <laughs> I should know what that is, and it, it's a it's a familiar one. I just can't remember what it is right off. Maybe somebody, somebody in the chat room us. here will tell us in a second. QSB is fading. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right.
1: right. I remember that. So Some of those I just don't really use very often.
0: No. What's that? You're fading out on me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am fading a little bit. It's getting late.
0: All right. Which... Oh, you read this one.
1: Which Q signal indicates that you are changing frequency? A, QRU.
0: B, QSY.
1: C, QSL.
0: Or D, QRZ. Or Z. Yep, QRZ. So this is my answer here. Which Q signal indicates that you are changing frequency? Well, I think we all know this one is B, QSY. And like you say, that's just one of those things you're going to have to remember. Yeah. There's only a few uh, Q codes that are going to be on your exam. There's there's more of them out there than actually be on your exam.
1: Yeah, there, yeah, there are quite a few.
0: But uh, just find a, a table of the Q signals and a study up on them. QRU, I'm not sure what that one is. Uh, but anyway, let's see if I was right on that. QSY, and, and I am, so... Uh, that means I'm going to QSY. There you go. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to QSY to another frequency. Okay. So join me over there. QSL means, uh, what does QSL mean?
1: Like, uh, it's a confirmation.
0: It's a confirmation. Okay. It can mean yes. Um, you know? Uh, QRZ. What does QRZ mean?
1: Who's calling.
0: Who's calling me, yeah. QRU is have any traffic for me. Oh, okay. I did, I've never used that. No, me either. Yeah. Cool. What popular operating activity involves contacting as many stations as possible during a specific period of time? A, contesting. B,
1: net operations.
0: C, public service event.
1: D, simulated emergency exercises. That's got to be A, contesting. But let's look at the others. Uh, before net operations that's not uh that you're getting you want as many people that can check in but you're not really time constrained so much and Mm -hmm. so see public service service events no that wouldn't be either and simulated emergency exercises there's no you're not trying to get a lot of a lot of contacts in. the only logical answer would be a
0: yeah, I would say on all of those, you might want to get a lot of contacts. But yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. But a not
1: over a short period of time. There's, well, well, it says specified period of time.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, I think we all know it's a. That's what everyone in the chat room is saying. There yeah. contesting that is a, a very popular operating activity. I'm I'm not a contester myself. We do the field day. Yeah. yeah, and we do that's field day. That's about that's, it. And if, uh,
1: every once in a while, we'll, uh, you know, when they have a Mississippi uh a Kewsau Kewsau party, party. Yeah. or something like that.
0: Yeah, field day is not really considered a contest, but you do try to get as many contacts mm-hmm. as you can in a short period of time. Okay, got another question here. Why don't you take this one? Okay.
1: Which of the following is a good procedure when contacting another station in a radio contest? A. Be sure to sign only the last two letters of your call if there is a pile-up calling the station.
0: B. Work the station twice to be sure that you (laughs) are in his log. C. Send only the minimum information needed for proper identification
1: and the contest exchange.
0: Or D. All of these choices are correct. And let's see. It's my turn to answer. So uh, which of the following is good procedure when contacting another station in a radio contest? Well, be sure to sign only the last two letters of your call if there is a pile-up calling the station. No. <laughs> uh, there, there are people who will do that, but no, that's, that's not good procedure. Uh, B, work the station twice to be sure that you're in his log. No, that's a good way to get out of yeah, his that's log. Yeah, it's a
1: good way to get shut down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not he's not going to like that, and you're you're wasting uh, his time by doing that. Uh, C. Send only the minimum information needed for proper identification and the contest exchange. And the contest exchange is um, sometimes you'll they want specific information transferred during a contest like. Mm-hmm. Like during field day, mm-hmm. you give them your call sign, and then you give them uh, a couple of letters after that to indicate, like like we used uh, three alpha Mississippi yeah. or Mike Sierra, and that meant we had three transmitters. Uh, the alpha meant that we were running on generator power
1: mm-hmm.
0: or alternate power. Alternate power. And the MS meant our state, Mississippi.
1: Yeah. So.
0: So they, uh,
1: there'll always be some specific exchange, I think, or almost always.
0: Most most of them there will be. So everyone five, in the
1: five nines usually the standard one.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep, that's that's one of the standard ones there. So yeah, send only the minimum information needed for proper identification to and the contest exchange. So there you go. Well, I tell you what, Tommy, we need to reload some more slides here and uh, get ready for another round of questions. While we do that, though, why don't we have a message here from our friends over at a good ham study resource. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. So, our next question here what is a grid locator? It's A, a letter number designator assigned to a geographic location,
1: B, a letter number designator assigned to an azimuth and elevation.
0: C, an instrument for neutralizing a final amplifier.
1: Or D, an instrument for radio direction finding. And since this is mine, a grid locator is not an instrument, so that's going to go ahead and get rid of C and D right off the bat.
0: Okay. All right.
1: It, although it, the the verbiage could sound like that.
0: Yeah, because there's a grid and a tube, but... We don't need the locator. Well, it's a
1: locator, too. It's like we're not looking for cables underground or anything like that. Yeah. Um, B, a letter number designator assigned to azimuth and elevation. Uh, It's going to be A, a letter number designator assigned to a geographic location.
0: Well, I'm going to agree with you, and everybody in the chat room does. And uh, you got that one. So, yeah, it's, there's charts. Around Mm -hmm. that you can use to to assign a letter and a number to to decide where a station is located. Mm -hmm. If you look up uh, someone's call sign on a website like uh, QRZ.com, it'll give you the grid locator on there. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember mine right off, but uh, it seems like it's maybe five numbers and letter combination.
1: I can't remember mine off the end either. I've got it written down there at the house.
0: I do, too. But I normally know where I am, so I haven't really needed it much. That's good.
1: Yeah. You don't have to look yourself up on QRZ to find it.
0: Not usually, unless I forget my call, uh. and then I can't.
1: Just look on the back of your shirt.
0: Oh. All
1: you got yeah. do is wear your shirt backwards.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What do we got next, Tommy. Okay,
1: why are, <clears throat> why are UHF signals often more effective from inside buildings than VHF signals? A, VHF signals lose power faster over distance.
0: B, the shorter wavelength allows them to more easily penetrate the structure of buildings.
1: C, this is incorrect. VHF works better than UHF inside buildings.
0: And D, UHF antennas are more efficient than VHF antennas. Okay. Well, that one sounds, um, a lot of good potential choices there. Mm -hmm. Why are UHF signals often more effective from inside buildings than VHF? A, VHF signals lose power faster over distance. No, that's, that's right the opposite. VHF signals generally go further mm-hmm. over distance, so um, so I don't think it's a uh, C. This is incorrect. VHF works better than UHF inside buildings. No, that one's that one's not correct either. UHF does work better in buildings. D. UHF antennas are more efficient than VHF antennas. Uh, maybe, maybe not, depends on the antenna design. But really what it is is the B, the shorter wavelength allows them to more easily penetrate the structure of a building. Uh and the sort of the same thing is true if you're uh if you're trying to work um rubber duck mobile. Mm-hmm. If you're on UHF, you know, that uh UHF seems to get through your car windows and all mm-hmm. easier than and uh, longer wavelength VHF, and, and if you
1: so, and if you do choose handy talkie for your first radio, you'll probably experience that if you find a repeater that has a UHF and a VHF at the same site. Uh, in times inside, a lot of times you'll you'll see that on your handy talkie when you're trying to use one of them.
0: Yeah, it's shorter wavelength, so it's easier to get through mm-hmm. um, the, the structures of a building. So next question, when using a directional antenna, how might your station be able to access a distance repeater if buildings or obstructions are blocking the direct line of sight path? A, change from vertical to horizontal polarization.
1: B, try to find a path that reflects signals to the repeater.
0: C, try the long path.
1: Or D, increase the antenna SWR.
0: Okay, you think that's it?
1: It's not going to be D. It's not, not if you're using my radio, it's not. So uh, SWR is not a good thing, so we don't want to increase that. Try the long path. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be B. Uh, vertical and horizontal is not going to matter if there's something in the way. It's going to be B. Find a path that reflects the signals to the repeater to get around the, uh, the obstruction.
0: Well, let's see. That's what they're saying over in the chat room. And you're all correct. Awesome. That's it. And it reminds me of a story. Uh, you know, I worked in television in the early 80s. And we used microwave as a way to get, say, say if there was a news story or something going on. We had a, a mobile truck that had a pneumatic mast on it that would raise up this microwave antenna mm. into the air and would shoot it back to the, um, to the studio there. We had a antenna, receive antenna at 300 foot, and it was directional, too, so you could rotate it, and you would try to get you know the two lined up to where you, you got a decent signal through. And there were times that they were downtown, that buildings were blocking it and, you know, the microwave just, just wouldn't get through. And what they could do is take the antenna and swing it around and bounce it off the water tank and it would make mm-hmm. it back. Yeah. Yeah. So so reflecting the signal, that can work.
1: Yeah. That's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. So some, uh, some frequencies are going to bounce better than others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, I believe... Uh, the higher frequency, probably the easier it's going to bounce. Two yeah, meters would work better than uh, UHF.
0: Before reflecting off of uh, like metal surfaces or surfaces on earth, of course, the HF bands, the the lower frequencies, are going to bounce off the ionosphere yeah. better than mm-hmm. you know VHF or UHF would. But, um, but yeah, you're right. Typically, probably six meters and above would would be stuff from like th- for like that. I don't know if how well it works at HF if you had a directional antenna, if you can bounce off something. I, yeah, I've never heard I anyone doing that. Okay, well, that's uh, all of our regular questions there for this time around. People are already answering the next one here, and we haven't even oh. read it yet. These are our electronics questions for this episode. Um,
1: what is meant by the term impedance? A- It's the measure of the opposition to AC current flow in a circuit.
0: B, it's the inverse of resistance.
1: C is a measure of the Q or quality factor of a component.
0: Or D it's a measure of the power handling capability of a component. Well, I notice everyone in the chat room saying A and that, that is correct. When we're talking about um, opposition to current flow in a DC circuit, that's resistance. In an AC circuit, we've also got to take into account the frequency of the, the AC signal. And that's when we start using the term impedance. Okay. You know, if there's something opposing that AC signal from getting through, it's a, it's an impedance to it. So that's the term that we use. And. We're all correct on that one. Awesome. All right, a similar question here. What is the unit of impedance? A, volts. B, amperes. C, coulombs. Or D, ohms. So what do you think?
1: Well, I'm going to say it's going to be D, ohms.
0: I think you're right. It's the same as re- the, it's uh, the, same as the as resistance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's see.
1: So yeah, so we just actually went through this stuff last month.
0: We did. So you're saying you cheated? I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> or you remember. I studied. Yep. There there's also something else and we're not um well no, I guess ohms would cover it. When when you're thinking of impedance, so you there's two components to it. There's a resistive component that's measured in ohms. There's also an in, um, a reactive component, which can be inductive or capacitive mm-hmm. re- reactants, but that's measured in ohms as well. Mm-hmm. So, so ohms.
1: So it's right.
0: Yep. Correct. E- either way you look at it.
1: What is the ability to store energy in an electric field called? A, inductance.
0: B, resistance.
1: C, tolerance.
0: Or D, capacitance. And I'm gonna to have to read that one again. What is the ability to store energy in an electric field called? I know it's not B resistance. That's that's not storing no. energy. And C tolerance. That's not storing energy. C uh, excuse me D capacitance. Capacitance can store some energy. Um, I'm gonna say that's it. Uh, a inductance can also store energy, but that's in a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. So capacitance stores an electronic field or electric field, and that's correct. Yeah, that one's a little bit tricky. It is. It is. You got to remember electronic or magnetic, and that's mm. that's. Um, you remember the inductances, the inductors we had. Last month, that was all a magnetic type of thing. Yeah. It was spinning the compass, so that might might help you uh, remember a little bit on that one right there. So, let's get on to the next question here. What is the basic unit of capacitance? A, the farad. B, the ohm? C, the volt? Or D, the Henry?
1: Okay. Hmm. So... Capacitance, it's going to, I'm going to go with A, the Farad. Okay. Ohms, ohms is resistance, volts is, um, the energy, the voltage, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, the Henry is, I honestly don't remember what Henry is, but I do know that A is the Farad.
0: You know, we just studied the Henry last month.
1: Yeah, that's the, uh, oh, that's the, uh measurement for inductance
0: yeah so you're correct the farad maybe we'll one day we'll do a history lesson on mr. farad
1: yeah maybe
0: so <laughs> <laughs> i think that's probably faraday maybe that's where that probably so term came from
1: the one that built your shop the design yeah, built
0: my cage yeah yeah all right well we'll move on to the next one here What have we got?
1: What electrical component stores energy in an electric field? Did we don't just do that? Uh, I guess it's a twist on it.
0: Yeah. A the resistor. B the capacitor.
1: C inductor.
0: Or D diode. And you know, it seems like we did just do that.
1: It's just a slight twist on
0: it. What electrical component stores energy? in an electric field. Well, we know it's not a resistor, so we can knock out number A there, or letter A. Uh, We know it's not a diode, because that doesn't store energy either. And we know an inductor stores energy in a magnetic field, so all that leaves Mm -hmm. us with is B, the capacitor. So
1: you're saying it's D?
0: I'm saying it's B. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Like everyone else in the, the chat room there, um, yeah, the other question is, what is the ability to store energy in an electric field called capacitance? And this was wanting the component, capacitor. Mm-hmm. So basically the same question, just kind of a uh, little spin on it there. And we got one more question for tonight. What type of electrical component consists of two or more conductive surfaces Separated by an insulator. A, a resistor.
1: B, a potentiometer.
0: C, an uh,
1: oscillator. Or D, a capacitor. And between conductive surfaces, I'm going to, see how the theme has been capacitance, I'm going with D. You capacitor. think it's
0: capacitors. Surely they wouldn't have three capacitors. Well, hey, crazier answers.
1: things have happened. We know it's not a resistor. No. Um Potentiometer—that's uh, that's basically a variable resistor mm-hmm. and an oscillator. I just don't think that's two <laughs> conductive surfaces, so it's you know, got it to be D. Yeah, you
0: know, it takes a little more two conductive surfaces to make an oscillator. Yeah, and I'll agree with you, and everybody else in the chat room does too. Most it's excellent. a capacitor. Well, I guess that's going to do it for tonight. We appreciate y'all joining us and uh, get out there and do some studying. You know, it's. Coming close to the end of the year. We've been going at this for a year now. We we haven't covered all the questions in the technician pool, but we're zeroing in on them.
1: Yeah, we're, we're making good progress. Uh,
0: so we'll we'll be getting through the rest of them, and then we'll probably move over to uh, general, I guess.
1: Yeah, should be fine. So we expect to see a huge influx of technician yep. licenses uh, coming out here pretty soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, we would like you to go ahead and get licensed now so that uh, you can join us at homecoming and yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> we we need to have a homecoming special event. We do, station yeah, or something.
0: Not sure exactly what homecoming would look like yet, yeah, but, not sure.
1: Yeah. But uh, we we need to figure something out though.
0: Yeah. Well, once again, Mike, thanks for uh, the, the great sweats here
1: yeah yeah they're awesome i like it
0: yeah amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com if you'd like some amateurlogic swags and yeah. shirts etc and maybe we'll have some ham college yeah, ones we
1: on will there. have some ham college uh shirts on there very soon within the next week or so
0: okay christmas is coming up so you need to be thinking about what solder claws is going to bring you this the year yeah <laughs> be good you mm-hmm. know play nice so that uh, maybe you'll you'll get what you want there
1: yeah I'd be curious to hear if, if you guys uh, decide on first radio you the new guys you know yeah and girls um, you decide what you uh, decide to get for your first radio it'd be kind of interesting to see some of that maybe we can uh, you know say something on the next show yeah what decisions you may have made on it yeah'm
0: I'm, I'm mostly interested in what did uh, what did you decide? handy talking. or mobile Dual-band or mono-band. Mogul- Dual mono yeah, yeah. Did you get HF on it, too, or, you know, VHF and UHF? Yeah,
1: so shoot us an email or, or drop a line over on Facebook or something or Google Plus. Yeah. And uh, let us know. Maybe we'll report on a few of those next time. Yeah. All
0: right, 7-3, everyone, here in the U.S. Hope you had a, a good Thanksgiving. Yep, 7-3. We'll see you around December 15th, probably a few days before that, for the next Amateur Logic. And back here at the end of December for Ham College game. All right. See you next time. 73. Save up my money till I could buy the most expensive rig there was to start with. You know, I'd probably get in on.
1: Yeah, let's hold off a second.
0: Yeah, let's wait till the phone stops ringing. Um... That's about all I have to say about that. I don't remember exactly what he did right now, but he did a lot with inductors. Yeah, he uh, he, he did. <laughs> Why don't we give away a shirt and a cap? That's a, that's a great idea. I wish I would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have thought of it before right now because I, we haven't drawn a nine yet. We haven't. No. <laughs> <laughs>